word as a tradition in this church you come with me right now to Isaiah Isaiah the 11th chapter the first and the second verse Isaiah chapter 11 verse number 1 verse number 2 and Bible says we're ready to get a one to go and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots verses 2 says and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him spirit of wisdom and understanding spirit of counsel and might spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord father speak right now in the language we understand let it be a supernatural intervention let your word come with light for it is written the entrance of your word give a light and brings understanding to the simple. We rebuke and silence the voice of the enemy and the voice of the accuser in the blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap your hands right now. Before you are seated, happy birthday, Minister Genevieve. God bless you. We love you. Special day. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. We thank God for you, Jenny. You are such an incredible blessing to this house. And we love and honor you. Come on, empowerment. Let's celebrate our own. She's a gift. She's a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you love her? We love her. And by the way, you are looking pretty and amazing. Happy birthday, Miss. Uh, <laughs> I read about this guy. I read about Joseph. Um, well, the two of them are still living in their birthday, so I don't happy know what you have. Happy birthday! I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you have planned, but it's good to be good to um, have some good time today. And and it's December, so Amen. The only thing funny is that us not lost yesterday, but but God is still good. God is still good. Rejoice not by me, all my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Jenny, happy birthday. I know, I know by, by extension, you're also an Arsenal supporter because um, your father and your husband are both Arsenal. You can't support Liverpool. You can't support the Red Devils. You're a child of God. <laughs> Jesus is in our team, so you're a child of God. Amen. Amen. So, we love you, Jenny. God bless you. Amen. So, I want to get into the word. I want to get into the word quickly. Um, um, we've been talking about the subject or the story of Christmas. We do that right from the first Sunday of December because we believe that a lot happens around this time. And over the years, like so many things that the devil tried to corrupt, I mean, even the birth of Christ, he would try to corrupt it so that it is celebrated with excitement and so many different things. But the real reason for the season gets distracted and we don't focus on that. So our assignment as a church over the years is to take time in December to bring the spiritual significance, the meaning for the season. And so it's important that you open up your heart and understand. And so when we get into this, we believe that Jesus Christ is a reason for the season. If there's, if there's one thing that makes Christmas more than a holiday season, it is, it, then it is, cons it is when we understand the subject, we have to understand the issues, what, what is happening. Otherwise, it becomes like every day else. I mean, we, 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 any day that is special in your life that you celebrate has a meaning. And so it will be sad for you not to find the real meaning or reason for Christmas. There is a real meaning or real reason for this season. You take a day as special as 6th of March. Um, that's our independence. It's, it's a special day for, for, for Ghanaians. And I'm a Ghanaian, you're a Ghanaian, so many Ghanaians, of course, here. And so you understand that it, 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 it's, I was, I was talking to somebody, I said, 
it looks like when we're, when we're in school, the way we approach six months is not the way these guys are handling it. I mean, I don't know what's happened. Those days, you know, March passed and we are preparing, we are rehearsing and it's a whole serious thing. Powerful. If you are not selected to march, you are even sad. You know, we go and stand in the sun and people can't even pass out. And you are so, because, because it says so much, it's, it's independent. And, and the reason is because you, when you understand the, the not, just, not just the celebration, it is the, the issues. Why are we celebrating? Why is it so important that we celebrate the 6th of March? Because it's, it was, it's our day of independence. When, when you understand the struggles, the, the journey, the, the lives, people that died, people that shed blood, people that fought, people that stood ground, stood on their ground and fought. And when, when you look at all that has happened, we look at uh, great names of people that, that, that literally engage people, engage the British and, and, and to fight for independence. When you understand that um, once upon a time we were not free, we were, we were, we were under the rule of, 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 of the British monarch. And you understand that even our land was, was taken from us at, at the point where people like the John Mensah Sabbath them had to go to England and argue that the, the, the land of Ghana looks free, but it's not free. It belongs to the dead, the living and the unborn and make a case. And, and so we had freedom of our land and, and we came to all the battles and all the stuff, the changes like, like the 28th of February when, when Sergeant Adititim's marched and they were shot and people died and, and to, 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 to the big six and all the stories until the night when Dr. Nkrumah stood and declared that uh, and now Ghana, your beloved country is free forever. So when you focus on the word free, it means we're not free. For him to declare that we're free free forever suggests that we are not free. And so, and so if we are celebrating our freedom, our independence, our liberation, being, entangled, being disentangled from the rule of the white man or, or the British, then, then when we celebrate, it's worth it. Because we know what was happening. We know what it means. We know the weight of it. We know it is heavy. It's, it's weighty. We know that it is something that is significant and it still has got an impact on our lives today. When we understand those issues, we understand the struggles and the journey thus far, the fights, the market women, the, 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 the students, all the role that people played, our chiefs and so on, you understand the story of the big six and the fight. Then we stand on the shoulders of that, understanding from whence we have come from to really celebrate our independence. We are not just celebrating because we are excited, we are celebrating because it has significance, it has meaning. There's a subject, there's a whole subject that ought to be taught. A more deeper revelation, not even compared to our independence, is that of Christmas. So that when we understand the reason, the meaning, the subject, then when we celebrate, we celebrate with understanding. We celebrate with such clarity of mind. So that it's not just the holiday season. So that it's not just traveling and having fun. Nothing wrong with that. But then you celebrate from that knowledge. Knowing this is relevance, this relevant because it, it helps you understand the moment that God sent his son as a game changer. The relevance of Christmas is that at that in the fullness of time, God sent his son, his only son, into this world as a game changer. Because before Christ's coming, the game was against us. We were losing on all fronts. We were losing home and away. We were losing on every aspect of life. 
whether it is serving God, living right, prosperity, your health, long life, salvation, eternal life. We are like a ship without shepherd. We are all over the place, crazy, lost, losing the battle, losing the fight. Until Jesus, the game changer, stepped here. As soon as he stepped into the game, the game changed from condemnation to a blessing. My God, I feel like blessing somebody. Jesus Christ came as a game changer to turn the complexity, the colors, the looks of the game. He came to switch the dynamics of the game, the pressure of the game. Whether he came in as a defender to defend us, whether he came in as a motivational person to motivate us to live a glorious life, whether he came in as a scorer to put the ball at the back of the goal of the devil, whether he came in as an attacker, whether he came in as a striker, in any area, shape, or form that he stepped into the game, when he came to the game, the game changed. The dynamics of our failure turned into success. He switched the game from a curse to a blessing, from condemnation to righteousness, from fear to faith, from death to life, from being cast down to being lifted up. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Now, but I strongly believe uh, since I introduced uh, I got introduced uh, to this man Jesus uh, into my life, uh, the dynamics of my life, uh, the dynamics of my story uh, has changed, uh, I don't lose anymore I don't, def I'm not defeated anymore, the devil is a liar, on Christmas day, uh, God sent uh, his only son uh, to change the game, uh, will you turn to somebody and tell the person, uh, the game has changed. Come on, Thompson. The game got changed. So I don't lose anymore. I don't back down anymore. The devil is a liar. We must know that Jesus came as a game changer. I don't lose. I don't get defeated. The devil is a liar. Satan can condemn me. I can't be accused. I can't be put down in prison. My chains got broken. My fear disappeared. My liberty came. I was set free. I was loose. I was untied. The reason why I celebrate Christmas Day is because my position changed. My address changed. My story changed. There's been a shift. There's been a substitute that once I was blind but now I see I was crazy. But look what God has done. And all this happened because a game changer was introduced in my life. How many of you are thanking God for the game changer of your life? I began to win. I advanced. I began to succeed and to go forward. I thank God. That is why on Christmas Day, I can't help it but I'm to celebrate because my life literally God transformed. If you believe it, clap your hand and give God Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Can you celebrate like you got a game changer? Can you celebrate that transformation? Can you tell the player that you shifted from condemnation to justification? Are you excited right now? Can you clap on like once upon a time you were dead in sin but Christ came to give you life? Can you thank God that your life, your story, your pattern, your move, your step, everything about you just got shame because the game changer step into your life. This is what our text elaborates. In the build up to this that we see Israel is sold out unto Assyria who are ready now to wipe out the entire generation of the, of the many who have sinned against God. Watch this. He then goes up. He then goes on to have God then goes on to have a special plan to complete the punishment 
of the Assyrians for touching God's children. It's so interesting with God. There is something about God that is so complex for the simple to understand. That's what the Bible says that the entrance of your word give a light and gives understanding to the simple. When you are simple, you don't understand the way God works and how he operates. So, the Assyrians are thinking that God has sent his people into their land because they've sinned against him and they take the loss into their hands to now begin to punish God's people. And God says, how dare you punish my people? The same God that sent Israel to Assyria said, I brought them to you as an instrument of correction, not an instrument of punishment. And sometimes people think they can play God in your life because you got into issues. Have you seen people sometimes think that they are God because you are down there, something happened, you slipped in your work with God, you fell in your work with God, you had a moment in your work with God, and anything you are done is over, he's going to punish you, he got you, I got you right where I've been wanting to be, and they're trying to touch him because hey! How dare you touch my son and my daughter? I don't know what talking to one, but I came to announce all those devil who think they've gotten you where they want you. I came to talk to all those devil who think that you have fallen and you have issue with God, so they're going to destroy you and punish you, and you're not going to make it. Tell them you made a big mistake. I got an issue with my dad, but it had nothing to do with you. And just in case you think you are God and you can punish me, you are in trouble because God sent his people in situations like this for them to be corrected, not to be punished. You can't punish God's child. You don't have what it takes to punish a child of God. I am a child of God. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the bought of, of the Lord. The fact that my son did something and I put him at the corner. What do you call that corner? No, the corner. Eh? Naughty corner. I put my son at the naughty corner. That's not means you can come and put him and beat him. No, I can't issue and I'm taking him to a process of correction. You dare not punish him, nor kill him, nor destroy him. That's how the devil tries to think that because you fell and made a mistake, he got you. He's going to destroy you and strike you and break you. And God said, don't you even try. He's so my son. He's falling. He's sleep. He made a mistake. He's in all kinds of problems, but there's still my son. Anybody in the building right now telling the devil, stay out of this. This got to be me and my God. I need to stretch and say, devil, can I see you and say, devil, stay out of this. Come on, say, devil, you better stay out of this. That I got problem with my daddy. That's not mean you can kill me. I slip. I made a mistake. I fell. But rejoice not over me or my enemies. For when I fall, I shall rise. Anybody thanking God that God will never give you to the wishes of your enemy? You're clapping. My God, how the devil wish he had you for a day and God said, Not so. Come on, how the devil wish. He can finish your life. And God said, you are joking. He made a mistake, but it's still my child. <laughs> Come on, smile and tell someone, I'm still the child of God. Come on, say, I'm still the child of God. Can I get a sense? I'm still God's son and God's daughter. I belong to God. Come on, talk to me right now. And today, every devil, every boss, every ogre, every madame, every demon in your life, that want to crush you and break you and scatter you just because you got into issues they made a bad mistake because they got no idea that your God still loves you he's still on your side he's not done with you yet it's not over all you need is to bounce back and cry out to God and everything that stood between your God disappear Assyria Assyria things they have Israel so they got all kinds. You have no idea how many devils have got all kinds of plans for your life. They wish they got you. It's like, it's like, it's like the other day, the first time Satan went to church. God shouldn't gather and the devil showed up and God said, hey Satan, what's going on with you? What's my guy? What's going on? Since I've been up and down to a floor, I've been, I've been moving everywhere. I've been moving up and down. My problem with you, you busybody moving, that the more you move, the more Satan can give you work to do. Be careful where you move to, because some of you love just to chin too much. You go to places now, Okohonso Koye, dang, 
Are you going to What do you go there to do? Are you going to So there's a, there's a thing. They said that I've been moving to and fro. And God said, have you considered? Have you seen Job? He said, sometimes God asks a question. Not because he doesn't have the answer. He asks a question to provoke faith. So when God said to Ezekiel, well, can these bones live? Not that God, God knew the answer. But God wanted the right answer from Ezekiel. Because by the mouth of Tomorrow, everywhere, the established, the promise of God. Are you in him? And amen. And so when God asks you a question, it doesn't mean God doesn't have an answer. He just wanted to respond right and come into agreement with him. And so God asked the devil, have you consumed my servant Job? And the devil said, oh yeah, I've been there. I've gone there. I've tried him. I've, I've tried everything to break him. But you are protected. An edge of protection run about. Smile and tell someone, you are covered. You are so covered. You are so protected. Come on, tell us. You are so protected. You got, God got you. The devil is alive. People are trying to touch you. They're trying to break you. And they think they got you. But today I came with the word. Maybe you are in Assyria. You try to touch God's people. You are in trouble. Because God said he's my son and my daughter. And I know what I'm doing. And it's got nothing to do with you. We are going to fix it. We are going to work it. I only allowed you to correct him. Never to punish him. You can't punish God's child. Sit like a, sit like a child of God right now. Sit like a child of God. And tell somebody you can't punish me. Come on, say, 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 you can't punish me. Say, God may use you. Say, God may use you to correct me, but I have no right to take the law into your hand. So I'm talking to somebody right now who said, and when is God, look at these people, they've done things, they've done things, and when is God, no, 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 God doesn't work like that, because no matter what your son does, or your daughter does, you don't want him dead, you want him to be corrected, but you never, and if you don't want your son to die, you think your prayer to God to kill somebody could mean God will kill the person, no, because God said, I didn't take one day to build him, I won't take one day to destroy him, my God, and I pray for you right now, that every wish, every calculation, every attempt by the enemy to destroy you, even when you sleep, let it backfire right now. Let it backfire. Let it backfire. 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 I need a clap in a bit if you know that God's covering is around all your life. I need a praise in the house. Come on, say yes. Assyria. Assyria takes the law into their own hands and God said, you cross the line. It's so, it's so interesting how God does it. That at one point, the saying, he sent his children into captivity. And, 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 and the enemy thinks that, I got them. And God said, you got no one. I'm still in charge. Even in Babylon, I'm still in charge. How many of you know, even when you're in a club, God was still in charge of your life? Oh yeah, I'm telling you, that's why you, that's why you kiss some devils, but you're still here. I, 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 can I preach one? Um, that's why you've had, you had one night with some demons, but somewhere, somehow, God still saved your soul because God said, My love for you does not end just because you are in church. Even when you step out, I still have a way of securing. Because when you were in your past, I was in your future, and I know what I call you to do. Come on, say, say Devil, say, Stay out of this. Stay out of this. Stay out of this. Another story. Of Israel. I love the word of God. Oh my God. Come again to the word. I love the word. The Bible says the prophecy of Isaiah. It says, Stand. There's a comfort, a road out of the stand of Jesse. So, so we see. We see that. God's children disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, because God is a just God, and God must do something about the disobedience before they disobeyed God, they were a tree. Please put a tree on the screen right now. They were a tree. They were growing as a tree. They had branches. They are flowers. They are fruits. They were a tree. In the garden, a tree. Before the fall, a tree. Before disobedience, a tree. Before we sin. A tree. 
before we went out of God's way, we were a tree. This is who you were. This is who you were before the fall. You were actually a tree. You had branches. You were growing. You had the benefits of receiving all that God had in stock for you. And that made you a tree. Smile and tell someone, you were a tree. Come on, say, I am a tree. You were a tree before. And the Bible says that when, when they disobeyed God, now the prophet is prophesying and he no longer refers to them as a tree. He said, there's a comfort, a road out of the stem. Come on, put back the stem on the screen right now. A stem, a stem. This is the stem. In other words, you've been reduced from your level of a tree to now a stem or a stump of a tree. Marakuda Kataya. The reason why the enemy wanted to live in sin and live a sin life is because sin has a way of reducing you who you are. Sin reduces your value, your weight, and who you are. So Satan can get the chance to accuse you. I don't know who I'm talking to right about. You know that there's a certain feel of a reduction, a shame, a guilt, a certain feel of emptiness, a certain feel of of all kinds of mental bombardment that comes your way whenever we disobey God or fall off or miss the mark or, or sin against God. If you are truly a child of God, whenever you miss the mark, you feel it. You feel a reduction. You feel a loss. And the Bible said because the Christian Israel disobeyed God, they were reduced to the level of a stem, a stump of a tree. Of a tree. Of a tree, and, and and as much as this is a reduction, I came with a word for you. I want to preach. I want to preach from this place right now that God is still God and God is still faithful. That even though you've been cut off, your root is still in there. And even though you missed the mark and you fell and you walked out of God and you went crazy and did some things you were not proud of, but God still did not allow the enemy to root you out. The devil couldn't root you out. He couldn't pull you out. You got no idea how the enemy wanted to finish you. But God said, you can touch his body, but you can't touch his soul. There was something about God that will not allow the enemy to take you out. You are falling, but you are not out. You are down there, but it's not over. You've been crushed, but God still got planned for your life. You've been cut off, but your roots still remain. You made a mistake, but by your roots still remain. You gone down. By your roots still remain. You are not the person that used to be on fire. By your roots still remain. And I want to talk to somebody right now that no matter what the devil thinks they can do, you still got your root in God. You still got your root in God. And watch it. It is the root that matters. Because the Bible said, though a tree may be cut off at the scent of water, it shall spring forth again. Again, I came to talk to somebody right now that the devil has done a lot, but your roots still remain. Come on, give somebody high and say, My root still remain. My root is still in God. I've fallen, I've gone off, I've been crushed. I'm in the world, I don't go to church. I find myself in the club and I've been drinking and been doing crazy things, but I still know that my root is still in God. Everybody thanking God that your root is still you're clapping, you're clapping, you're clapping. There is something, there is something about raising a child in the fear of God. And there's something about raising a child to believe in God and to know God and to and to know that God is and that He is a reward of those that seek Him diligently. There's something about bringing up your children in the fear of God and taking them to Sunday school and, and raising them up to being fixed and being 412 and, and, and just planting God in them and sowing the seed. And, and, and because it is poor that planters Apollo's waters, but that's where the increase is coming from God. So 
something about just planting God in your people. And you find out that children that, that, were, that had God encounter when they were children, even when they go to London, to Paris, and to China, and they get to San Francisco, and they go to Washington, LA, and they get all over the place around the world, Munich, and they get to Spain, and they come to Accra, and they go to Legon, they go to, they go to all these schools that want to make them crazy. You still find out a child that was brought up in God, when you mention God, they shake. When you mention God, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I remember Sunday school. I remember mom told me. I remember this because the seed of God is in them. And, 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 and it's a difference between a child who never got the opportunity to know God. And even when you say God, they say, what are you talking about God? Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine, somebody I know, and he wanted to talk to me about business. But that day, I was in my cassock. I was, I was, I was in London. We're doing some powerful wedding, and I wore cassock and and I wore my my clerical, and I was very looking very 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 very, very reverend. I was looking like a right, not not with just things that looks like I'm not sure of what, 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 what who is preaching here. Don't don't mind the body, mind the engine. And so I was in my cassock, and the guy said, Reverend, Reverend. I said, I, I said, yes, sir. I said, Reverend. I said, I want to talk to you about business, but what you are wearing is not allowing me to talk to you. Can you please go and remove it so we can talk about business? Now, that, that suggests to me that he has some God in him. He has respect for God and the things of God. And so such a person, no matter how far they go, they may be crazy, but their root is still in God. Do you remember when you were not in church, but your root was still in God? Do you remember when you were in the club and drinking and, and do all kinds of crazy things, but your root is still in God? And the Bible says, stems are grow. In other words, it's been cut off, but they got their root in God. I want to talk to you about God. God will never allow the enemy to root you out. Somewhere, somehow, your roots are still planted in God. Can I talk to all those that knows that you fell, but your root was still in God? You were crazy, but you still love God. You were struggling, but you still believe in God. You were drinking and seasying and smoking and vaping and ganjaing, but your root was still in God. Can I get a clap in the building right now? Come on, say yes. Oh, yeah. I used to vary, but I still love the Lord. Israel has been cut off, but their roots still a stem. I dare you to smile and tell somebody, your root is still in God. Come on, say, 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 your root is still in God. Tell somebody, I went far. How many of you went far once upon a time right now? How many of you would never have come to this Sunday morning? Remember where you were by this time. You were tired, but nobody sent you. You were smelling all over the place. But your heart was for God. And that's what happened in Israel. There's a come a rod out of the stand. Thank God that they are God's children. And no matter what they did, God still kept their roots. God said to the devil, you can't take them out. You have no idea how many devils wanted to take you out. But God said, no soul. I thank God for the days where the enemy could have finished me. But God said, no soul. No soul. A good place to clap your hands and to give God a praise. And look at me. You want to clap? You want to clap with gratitude, remembering that once upon a time, only thing that kept you was that your roots were still in God. But as for your whole tree, you were crazy somewhere. You were, you were, you were, you were all over the place. That's the beauty about our God. That He will not allow the enemy to finish you. Tell somebody you will never be finished. Come on, say it with audacity and shake your hand and say, it can't happen. Come on, someone say, it will never happen. Say, the enemy, the enemy wanted to finish me. But God said, my root is still remain. And I want to thank God. I really want to thank God when you were in school. I want to thank God when you were in the car. I want to thank God when you were in London. I want to thank God when you were, never, when you were, when you were not going to church. But somewhere, somehow, God still kept your root in God. I thank God. Oh, I thank God. I thank God. Because, because you are a child of God. I almost want to just sit here and preach from here. 
Sit well and say, there's something about being a child of God. Come on, come on, come on. There's something about being a child of God. My God, I'm not arrogant to be called a child of God. I love to be called a child of God because that's who I am. That's I love to be addressed because there was something about having your root in God that sometimes, even when you go in all your own way, he will send his angel to keep charge over thee that you not dash your feet against a stone. He, remember I said, when, when, in your own way because sometimes it is when we find our own way that we miss stones. But when we are in God's way, we don't meet in this. But when we go into our own way, our own desire, our own type and kind of girl and boy and life, we want to live, we meet all kinds of broken hearts. But even in the broken heart, God still uses it to draw you closer to him. You're clapping. I stand. I stand. I stand. So I stand. I stand. There shall come for a rod out of the stand. Of David, a rod. Now, this is a messianic prophecy. He's prophesying about Christ. And it says that a rod, a rod, a rod will come out of the stem of David. So we look at who is this rod? Jesus Christ is the rod that will come out of the stem of David. On Christmas Day, the rod came out of the stem of Jesse. I thank God that the rod showed up on Christmas day. As I said, there's a comfort, a rod out of the roots, the stem of David. I celebrate God that the rod is Jesus Christ and a branch out shall grow out of the roots of David. Please watch me. Jesus Christ just revealed in the most unlikely place the, the relevant ways to deal with our shortfalls. Jesus will always show up in a way that will be relevant to changing your status. That at Christmas, therefore, we get to know that sometimes. Are going down is necessary for Christ to shoot us out. He reveals Jesus here as a rod. We understand that Jesus came to change the perspective about the things, the way we see life, in order that He will shift our trajectory and our destiny to where God has destined for us to be. So the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and the verse number, 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 number 11 and 12, the Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto, unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see what? A rod of an almond tree. Remember, the rod is Christ. The prophecy of Isaiah said, a rod shall come out of the stem of the... So anytime you meet a rod in the scripture, you are talking about Jesus Christ. He is a rod, my God. He is the authority. He is a rod. And he has, and he, Jeremiah said, I see a rod of an almond tree. I see not just an almond tree, but I see a rod a rod, a rod. I see a rod of an almond tree. And then the Bible says in the next verse, go. Bible says, next verse, go. Then that then said the Lord unto him, Thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform. I have seen a rod of an almond tree. And God said, You seen well. Because, because if God said you seen well, it means you could see wrongly. And there are many who are seen wrongly. Jeremiah said, I see a rod of an almond tree and God said you sin with God. The rod is Christ and anytime you see through the lens of Jesus you see well. The rod is Christ and anytime you put the glasses of Christ and the perspective of Christ and the perspective of Jesus you see well. You never live a great life until you look alive through the lenses of Jesus that what will Jesus have me do? What will Jesus have me say what will Jesus have me approach what is he expecting me to do every way of life must be looked through the lens of Jesus my choices my destiny my purpose my career my marriage
marriage, my life, my approach, my relationship, my life, my desire, everything I do must be done through the perspective of Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When we see Christ, we see well. When we see Christ, we see well. I see a rod of an almond tree and God says, you've seen well. You're clapping and singing house right now. You're clapping. Come on, turn to somebody and tell that person, when you see through Christ, you've seen well. Please talk to me right now. So when you see through Christ, you are in a good place. Come on, give some house. When you see through the lens of the road, you've seen well. No matter where you find yourself, you've seen well. You may have no money, but when you see through Christ, you've seen well. You may not be able to stand a big church right now, but when you see through Christ, you've seen well. You may even be down, but when you see through Christ, you've seen well. You may be, you may be, you may be broke, but when you see through Christ, you've seen well. What do you see? I don't see economy. I don't see NDC, MPP. I don't see election. I don't see my account. I don't see my money. I don't see my contact. I don't see my relationship. I don't see platform. I don't see people. I don't see congress. I don't see 10,000 people. I don't see anything. What I see is Jesus. But when you look unto him, you live. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? I wish you can look at a friend and tell the person, what are you seeing? And please demand an answer right now. What are you seeing? You see your car. I know, I know you see your, you see your bank statements. I know, I know, I know you see, you see your girlfriend and your boyfriend. Come on, talk to me right now. Because you see, what you see determines how you make moves. See, your decision is born out of your revelation. It's the level of light you have that determines how far you go in life. So God said, Jeremiah, what do you see? You see, you see, you see, you see, when I stand here, I see different. Here, I see different. Here, I see different. What you see is as a result of your sight. And let me tell you something. It's important you see well. Because if you don't see well, what you see will impact your faith. What you see will influence and activate your fear. If all you see is discouragement, it will show in how you relate to God. And that's why God said, Jeremiah, you sin well. It means you could see wrongly. Are you with me at all? Whenever, whenever you see, make sure you are seeing well. Because many of you are looking to the lens of fear. So all you see is lions, destruction, death is over, doom. Not, no, no, I don't see like that. I see through the lens of Christ. That Christ in me is a hope of glory. That I know that the end of my life will be, I don't know that he will crown the year with his, I don't know that all things will work together for my, and I know that I can do all things through Christ. That I don't know that the number of my days he will fulfill, and as that my days, so shall my strength. I see that I shall not die but live and declare the works of God. Tell somebody, what see a What see a He said, I see a road and Jesus is a road and when you see through Christ how do I know so the next verse then, then he said unto me thou hast seen well for I will hasten my word who is the word the word is Christ so in order for in order for him to say I will hasten my word to perform you ought to have seen the word in order for the word to be performed he said, I've seen a rod of an almond tree. The rod is Christ. Then I will hasten my word to perform. So, so the word I will perform is based on the Jesus you've seen. Whatever Christ told you, if only you can see, God says, I will perform it. Many of you, look at, look at, look at, many of you are waiting for God to perform what you don't see. God said to Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, I'll give it to you. If you can see it, it's done. Look at me. I've come to a place in my work with God that I see God in every situation. I'm good or bad, I see God in it. Are you with me at all? My life is not empty. My life is not 
I see God in every situation. Maybe God just want to teach me patience. That's why it has delayed. I don't give credit to the devil. I can't get your clapping house right now. I was telling the other day that if it's a, if it's a, God, I want patience. God will not throw patience to you. Take it. No, he doesn't do that. If it's a, God, I want patience, God will send someone to come and step on your, on your feet as I'm stepping on me. I'm hurting him. And that situation, God will use to teach you patience. See, God will send you situations that will build your faith. That is why look at, look at, watch it. That's why look at me. I don't see black and white. No, no. The, some of you serve God as a ritual. God's not a ritualist. God's interested in building you more than give 50-50. And many of you must come to a place where you walk with God. Where you must see God. See Christ. And give no room to the devil. What do you see? In the so-called loss, what do you see? Because sometimes God must take away in order to bring the second. Clapping the signal right now. Oh, you're clapping the signal right now. Some of, you, some of you, God must have people disappoint you so that you don't put your shot in man. Because your confidence was so much in man. I know that. I know, I know, when I look at your face right now, I know that your confidence, it was all your uncle. Now your uncle is dead. You are saying, no, no. When our uncle died, in the day King Hosea died, I saw the Lord. Thank God that your call did not start with a big check. It started with a funeral. And even in the funeral, God was still be God. Isaiah's ministry started with a funeral, but God was still God. It doesn't matter where you find yourself, how you started. If only you can see Christ in your life. I'm telling you what, you will get to the destination that God has destined for you. I will hasten my word to perform. And I prophesy over you, every spoken word over your life shall come to pass. You're clapping. A signal building. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I can't feel your clap. 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 What do you see? Come on, shout I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Number two. Number two. Give me the scripture. Number two. Mm. He came as a rod to deal with the contrary voice of the accuser against your office as a priest. The Bible says... In, as, in Numbers chapter 17 and the verse number 7 to 9, Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Next verse says, And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed, blossomed, and yielded amongst. Watch this. I love this one. The office Aaron is called as a priest. And let me tell you something. If you are Christian and you're born again and you're a born again believer, you've been called as a priest. The Bible says he has redeemed us unto himself as priests and kings. You are a priest. In other words, in the New Testament, there is, there, there is nothing like a, um, um, a priest and a congregation. In the New Testament, we are all God's priests. And here is Aaron called as a priest. And the Bible says the Israelites are murmuring against the authenticity and the and the and the and the reality and the truths of, of the office of, of, of Aaron as a priest. So they begin to accuse him, and that mimic the devil. The devil that is an accuser. So they accuse and contend and, 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 and they frustrate him, and they are fighting him, and they are literally rebelling against his office as a priest. And Moses did not bring Aaron's wet and said look at Aaron's wet, he's a priest. They did not bring Aaron's righteousness. Look at Aaron's righteousness, he's a priest. They didn't, he did not bring anything Aaron. He said just bring me rods because it is only Jesus Christ who is a rod that can defend you in time when you are accused. The devil is a lie. It is not my righteousness. It is a righteousness. It's a finished work on the cross of Calvary. It's got nothing to do with Aaron. It's got nothing to do with Gideon. It's got nothing to do with Charles. It's got nothing to do you. It's got nothing to do with your life what it's got to do it's got to everything to do with the finished work on the cross of Calvary so Moses said bring me rods and remember and rem remember remember the Bible is like a literature book it's figurative so rod is symbolic of Christ a rod shall come out of the stem of Jesus so when he said bring me rod he said bring me everything you see as a type of Christ so they brought the rod and they put it where on the tabernacle of witness and about on the morrow Aaron's rod had 
budded. Not only has it budded, it has blossomed. Not only has it blossomed, it has brought forth Ammon. In other words, the God that called Aaron vindicated his office. Let me tell you something. I'm a priest. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm called by God. If you got a problem with it, go and ask God. But if you challenge me, God will defend you. I see God defending every grace upon your life. Every, oh my God, you're not clapping. I see God vindicating the grace of God. The oil of God. You are too blessed. You are too empowered. Come on, Aaron. Come on, child of God. It's got nothing to do, not by might, not by power, not my righteousness, not my prayer, but by the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed. You're clapping the sick in the building. Come on, go. Come on, go. Come on, go. Come on, go. I wish at this point you can smile and tell somebody, not my works. Come on, tap someone. Say, watch God defend you. <laughs> say, do you know you are a priest? <laughs> say, do you know you are a priest? <laughs> say, by the way, do you know you are a priest? <laughs> say, do you know you are a priest and king? <laughs> no, no, I'm not a priest. <laughs> I'm not that righteous. <laughs> I'm not an anointed. <laughs> I'm not that prayerful. <laughs> I'm not that sanctified. <laughs> it's not your sanctification. <laughs> it was not Aaron's works that vindicated him. <laughs> it was the rod of Christ <laughs> that vindicated Aaron. <laughs> but the finished work on the cross of Calvary, <laughs> I declare <laughs> the righteous of God is imputed on you. Let the redeemer of the Lord. Can you clap on and shout and say, I am the redeemer. I am too blessed. I can't be accused. Let the voice of the accuser be silenced. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Where are the grace babies? Where are the grace babies? Tell somebody, I'm a grace baby. You want to say, I'm a grace babe. I'm a grace babe. I am not. I am not. I am not works babe. It's not my works. It's not my connection. It's not my production. It's not my effort. It's not my might. It's not my power. But by the grace of God, I am what God said I am. Your club is Come on, say yes. I'm a grace babe. I'm a grace babe. The God that called you will defend you. Watch this. So they put the rod. That's, that's what I love about, about God. The rod was brought in dry. Dry trees. Dead, cut off. I said, rod, dry. But by the time the morrow came, the dry tree budded. Blossom, blossom. And yielded. It's not how you came in here. It's how you live after your encounter. Now look at me. That you came here dry, broken, falling, scattered, dejected, rejecting yourself, had no faith, no hope. But by the time you encountered Jesus Christ, once you were dead, by your life, it's a type of resurrection. Because whenever you put that, Christ was buried dead, but he buried. He buried. You, you, this, this, all, when you read the Old Testament, it's a shadow. The real is the new. So look at this from the lens of Christ. So Jesus Christ was brought in to the tomb dead. But when he rose up, he rose up alive. Not only did he raise, not only did he get up alive. Watch this. He got up with some fruit, man. He's the first fruit among many brethren. We are the next fruits. So even though the dry rod went there alone, it came out with many fruits. It's important that Christ died. But it's even more important that he rose. But is it more critical that he rose up with you? You are the almonds. You are the fruits that came out of the resurrection. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I thank God. That's why, that's why I want to pause and say that for all those who are jealous of what God is doing in your life, they ain't seen anything yet. Because why? Every tree that will bring forth fruits must bring for flowers. And what they've seen the last 10 years of empowerment is just flowers. They should get ready for the fruits to come. The best is yet to come. Thank you so much. Fizzbun say the best is yet to come. Say the best. Come on. Say you are not dead. You are alive. Say you are not, you, are, you ain't seen anything yet. Say God is about to blow your mind. I might preach your church right now. A roar. Say a roar. A roar shall come out. Ooh. Ooh. Can I read the next verse? Let me see what the next verse is. 
And Moses brought all the rods before the Lord and the children of Israel and looked and took everyone, every man's his rod. Let's go. Verse 10. Verse 10. And the Lord said, and the Lord said unto Moses, bring Aaron's rod. Who is the Aaron's rod? The priest. Who is the priest? The one that God called you and I. We have pre- and again before the testimony. To be kept as a token against rebels. What Christ is going to do in your life will be kept as a token against anybody that contests what God has. Lord, watch, watch. Thou shalt, and, say, and thou shalt quiet and take away them, their memories from me that they die not. In other words, your accuser will be quieting. In other words, anybody that contests your calling, your ministry, I wish I I wish I am allowed to say I'm such a good preacher. That's why empowerment is doing well. But I'm not allowed because I'm not that a good preacher. There are better preachers. I, I, I mean, look at who, who this preacher. If you see this guy, you don't call him a preacher. These guys from the Southern Academic Group. But when the grace of God is at work, when God is doing his own thing, it's got nothing to do. You see, the problem is that you are too arrogant. How they say, oh, I've blown it. I'm finished. What can you finish? You finish, will you? No. No. Christ did too much for you to be finished. He finished what you think it is already finished. Watch me. Watch me. Next verse. Next verse. Let's see next verse. The Moses did so. And commanded. Okay, next verse. So he did. Next verse says, Watch. Then and the children of Israel spoke unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we perish. The people that were accusing are not dying. Anybody that contend with your destiny, by the mandate of the finished word of the cross, let them confess that they are dying. Your clapping is singing. Come on, go. Come on, go. Jesus is a road that vindicate, authenticate, approve, endorses. You're calling. And if he called you, nobody dare say otherwise. Please sit like a child of God. I am called by God. Those days, he's say, sit upright. Sit like you are called by God. Come on, sit like you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm not arrogant, but I'm not, inti- I'm not timid. Timidity is not humility. Let me, let me drop this one. Let me drop this one. He's the rod that restores what the enemy stole from you. In essence, he's a rod that restored what was stolen. Second Kings 6 and 6 quickly. Let's go. Second Kings 6, 6. Let's go. Second Kings 6, 6. The Bible says what? And one said, uh, let's go. The Bible says, then the man of God said unto him, where they fell. And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in theater. And the iron did swim. You know the story. The story is that the Bible says that uh, Elisha the prophet was with was with the people of God and sons of providence. The place was too small. Let's go ahead and make advancement. And they moved to make advancement. And as, and as they were going, they were cutting the tree to expand. And the Bible says, as they were cutting, once axe head fell. You see, I found out that the devil and Christ are the first politicians. Everybody have their own manifesto. So the devil's manifesto is that me, I'm wondering how you're going to vote for the devil. He says what? The, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's, that, that is the official manifesto. Steal, kill, destroy. But you are still voting for him. I don't know. Steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, to steal, to kill when you die, and even when you die, he will leave you until he take you to hell to destroy. And Christ, but, but I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's the two elections. That's the two man. What are you choosing? Now, now the chief as he is, he will always come to steal. So as the cutting the axe head, the axe head, not the, not the stick, the head, the cutting edge, the advantage, the place of strength, it fell. And many of you, the enemy has stolen your life. There's something that makes you who you are. Your glory, your children, your relationship, your destiny, your family, your marriage, something that is your cutting edge has been stolen and dropped in the ocean. Elisha said, let me 
cut a rod. And when he cut the rod and put the rod in the water, the axe head did swim up. In other words, in Christ, everything the enemy stole, and for many of you, a lot has been stolen from you, but in Jesus' name, I declare recovery, restoration of wasted years, wasted effort. Your clapping is sticking up. I found out, I found out, Pastor Joseph, I found out that in Christ, we don't lose anything. I found out in Christ, tell somebody, you don't lose anything. Tell someone, everything you lost is coming back to you. It's coming back to you in sevenfold, in hundredfold, in fiftyfold. In your clapping is sticking up. May God restore. Let me also say this. Let me also say this. That in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, there's nothing like waste. I found out that all you need to do is be born again. You know what I mean? Odifo, even my 16 years, of not being born again. When I became born again, I can use it as a message. Even, 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 I don't know how old you are. I don't know how the enemy has wasted you. When you find Christ, what was a mess will become a message. In, in God, you don't, you don't, you don't, it's a story that God is writing. Just bring God into you. See how it all makes sense. How everything that happened to you is part of what God, your club, including the broken heart, including the shame, including what the enemy stole from you. God has a story. The story. Who told this over? Even my grandfather's death is part of my message. But but for my grandfather dying, I will never be born again. Be careful what you call a loss in God. Because in God, it's actually a win. You see, once you add God to the equation, even the mess becomes a message. Because the only one, when you, give him a, when you give him a dust and he breathes on it, he becomes a human being. I don't know what you have in your life. God can turn it. And to, do you know, I found out in Proverbs, the Bible says that the righteous shall fall seven times. He shall rise them again. Says so what? But for adjustment, it's a right there. And I found out by study in a Jewish religion or in, a Jew, in, a, in, a, in the land of the Jews, this scripture relates to two trees the, the city of Lebanon and the oak tree. And the oak tree is the tree out of who will get a rod. So the city of Lebanon, when it's cut down, representing the Old Testament, it doesn't rise up again. But when the oak tree is cut down, even seven times it will grow again, which is you and I. Let me tell you something. When you come in Christ, no matter the fall, you bounce back. Even Look at me. Don't let anybody shut you down. Even seven times, you will rise up again and again. A roar. The next thing says what? And a branch out of the stem shall grow out of the stem of the a branch. And he's talking about Jesse. He has talking Christ coming into your life and no matter your story, no matter your shame, no matter your family background. Here's talking about Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Jesse had a complicated life, not that great a life. There's a reason why Jesse forgot David on the day of anointment. Some believe, Bible theologians believe that it was because that Jesse had David out of wedlock. And I'm inclined to believe that. Oh, I'm, incl- I'm, I'm inclined to associate myself with that, that school of thoughts. Because I'm asking myself, how come David is the last born and yet he's not a whole? Because in a Jewish family, the last born are always kept. In fact, the last, the mantle you only go to the last born. Isaac was the last born because it was, it was, it was, it was Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac took it. Jacob took it, the last born. Are you with me at all? Remember Joseph? Joseph, last born. So last born are always close to their dad. And why is David the last born and yet he's in the Why must the father even forget him? You think he really forgot? He was pretending that he doesn't. That is his shame. And then he just kill outside work. His extracurricular affair, it happened after work, 5 p.m. He didn't go home. That's why David, what, why did David say, in sin did my mother conceive me? It was a statement of fact. And why were, why were the other brothers so angry with him when he came to the battlefield? I mean, there was a problem at home. But yet, even the complication, God came to Jesse's house. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There's nothing you have done. There's nothing. There's no way you find yourself. No, there's no story you have that when Christ come in, he will not turn it around. All you need, I know your family has a lot of problems, but introduce Christ. And what sounds like a shame will become glory. May God bless you. Anoint you.
and empower you. If you got away, you can clap your hands right now. Give God a praise. Rise to your feet. You remember? I love, can, we, can we read verse 2 of our scripture? Everybody rise. Verse 2 of our scripture. Let's all read it together. Verse 2. Verse 2. One to go. The Spirit. <laughs> and am I? Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of God. This, you see, so what, what I said saying that the seven spirits of God will dwell up in Christ upon him. The seven spirit of God is the fullness of God. That's why you can't have Jesus Christ and not have the fullness of God. It is in Christ that we get the fullness of God. In the Old Testament, they got a little bit of each. Depending on what situation, God revealed himself for that need. But in the New Testament, we don't get bits and pieces. It's not taught, taught. It's not three taught, one quarter, two taught. In the New Testament, we get the fullness of God. Because he has both for him the seven spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel, spirit of mind, spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. In Jesus Christ, we have the fullness of God. When you are born again, when you know Jesus, when it comes to your life, you have the fullness of God. And about to end upon this, and, 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 and we have received grace upon grace. And in, his, and in his fullness, have you all received grace upon grace? Will you lift your hands above your head right now? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, say today, I encounter in this Christmas season, the game changer, Jesus Christ. Say, Father, I've been cut I've been cut, left with a stem, but I know with an encounter with Jesus Christ, I'll grow again, I'll rise again. I'm rising, I'm a new person. There's a turn around, a shift, a change, because the game changer has stepped in my life. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Slap your hand and give God. Slap your hand and give God. Can you shout to the game changer right now? Can you go, God, pray for the game changer right now? Please take your seat. Every head's by every close. Pastor, I'm the service today. I don't know Jesus. And I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be born again. With your heads bowed, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, yesterday, I ask you right now to forgive of my sins. I ask you right now to come into my heart. Now become the master and the savior of my soul. I'm born again and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, shout your loudest amen. If you pray that prayer, you are born again. Welcome to the family of God. Find a Bible believing Christ and church and be a part of. And of course, if you're looking for a church, I would definitely love to be your pastor. Join us here in Empowerment or any of our campus around, and your life will never be the same.